Yo, welcome to Conscious Hypocrite. We're uploading the podcast a little bit late because we had to do some extra research on our two main topics for the day. Just a little bit. Yeah, but I think we got into some good conversations. Yeah, had fun. But first, we're going to start off talking about some sports things. Yup, yup, yup. All right, we're going to talk sports we're things talking now. Sports. All right, so basketball's over. Yes. But sports things are, are still happening. And I want to mention something about Cam Newton. And if you don't know who that is, he plays football and he's a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Yes. So apparently Cam was going to Paris at a fashion show or something. He was going to fashion week of some kind. Yeah, something in Paris. Uh, There's a video of Cam Newton negotiating to change seats with this other guy. And apparently Cam offered the dude $1,500 to switch seats. Believe it or not, the dude didn't switch seats. And Cam kind of like walked back with like the puppy face. Well, the video became viral just because of the, the mere fact that a Cam offered this guy money to change and that the guy didn't, didn't take it. Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, I got a lot of questions about it. Like, apparently, I know you didn't plan because you offered this dude $1,500 and you probably weren't sitting first class. Because uh, apparently Cam needed more leg room. So that's why Are he Are you off- sure it wasn't first class? It, it couldn't, no. It wasn't. But what type of guy in business class would say no to $1,500 for changing seats? He had to be in coach. He had to be in coach. Listen, I'll- I would switch seats for $50. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's what I'm saying. Right. That's what it, he couldn't have been in business class or anything because everybody's legs, you know, couldn't have. But I don't know. It's it, been a long time since I've flown. I've never been in any sort of first class scenario, so I don't know. Yeah. What it's like. But it, that's pretty. It was pretty interesting. Pretty funny. That you know the dude declined the fifteen hundred, and Cam had to sit in his damn seat. But you know, he tried. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want to mention the Dwayne Wade thing? Can we talk about that? Yeah, I don't know. Briefly? Yeah, you mentioned something to me about, yeah, I don't... Okay, so I just want to just really quickly touch on this, because I think it is really sad that this is something that's still going on uh, today, but... uh, To this day. Dwayne Wade posted... I feel like you've said that in every episode. To this day. I think you've mentioned... I think you've done that drop in every episode. So Dwayne Wade, uh, this was his last season playing for the Heat. Yeah. Um, So he just retired... And he posted a video of him getting a uh, a pedicure on his feet. And it wasn't just a regular pedicure. He actually got his, his toenails painted. What color? I think it, it looked like a dark red. It yeah, looked like darker. a very dark red or like a black. It was a very like dark. like a rose red? Darker than that. Darker. Like a maroon kind like of a, color. Okay. Right. Yeah. And uh, I saw it reposted on the Shade Room, which is where I get a lot of my pop culture news. And... I don't know why I was surprised, but there were so many people, mostly black people, commenting about how... There was a lashback? Uh, uh, backlash. Backlash, Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, just people just commenting and saying, like, oh, this is why his son is gay, and this is why this is... This is that weird foolishness. Like, like the fact that someone getting their... Like, the fact that putting polish on your nails can be such a thing that makes people say all these bad things about you or like that be showing any kind of femininity femininity is so wrong 
that yeah. people make all these horrible comments to you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty bad. I mean, in the black community though, there is a thing like uh, there's a stigma when uh, a male shows his feminine side. They always like uh, male masculinity is always being attacked. But here's the thing, though, is it's like, where's the, where's the line? We just saw an interview with uh, uh, Ice Cube, and he was talking about how in the, you know, in the 90s, him and his Easy e were sitting next to each other in the salon with rollers in their hair. And they were gangsters, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so it's like, Snoop always has, you know, Snoop gets him painted now, but he used to I always seen, have his nails I long and stuff. Fr- he has some French tips. Right. So, like, where's, is is it because this Shaqu- man is getting... Sha- Shaquille O'Neal has his... Right. Is this because this man is getting a colored polish and because think, his son is gay? Fact, I think the fact that his son is gay, people people are picking a reason that, to say, oh, that's why your son is this and that. Right. But it's like, they don't... It's really it's really hard for me to see this happening because as a non-black person, I feel like it's not my place to kind of I mean, in some ways it is my place, but it's not it's not my place to to say like I just want to let people know like don't you don't you understand that if black lives matter include like this includes every form of blackness. Right. I guess, like, like I don't... Well, all this homophobia and all this transphobia, like, we talked about a few episodes ago with all these trans women being killed, these black trans women being killed, it's like... Suddenly, it's not an issue because they're trans or because they're gay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes a whole different issue because there's a... Yeah. Just all that... that, that it's, it's ingrained in the culture. Right. So, people think they are further... You know, progressive in their thoughts. Yeah. And actually, they're not. I think it's a lack of understanding. That too. And a lack of, and probably people being scared to try to understand more because they don't want to be lumped in with. Like they don't they they don't want to learn about stuff or act like for fear that that their friends or their family might right. react Just a certain react way a certain to way them. Way to, yeah. Man. But you know, Dwayne Wade's got some gnarly feet. He made some comment about they actually looked pretty good to me, but he was like, "My feet need some love." It's been a long, it's been a long time since my feet got some love, you know. And, and, who, pu- and who knows if uh, his wife uh, made him get it too? You know what I'm saying? Like, and who cares? Right. Like, why do you care so much? Your life is that like for you. You ain't, to- you ain't got that that much going on in your life to where you going to comment on this man's toe. Yeah, and there's a, a whole other thing. Uh, you looking, you looking at. At a picture and having these thoughts in your head head. or showing it to your homeboy and and cracking jokes. But to make a whole nother comment is like... You a low level, you low level being. Yeah. Good luck. Okay, so in lighter sports news, uh, the women are killing it in soccer. Yeah, doing those uh, celebrations, get it in. You said that they won the most recent game? Yeah, I figured who they beat one to two. They beat somebody. Yeah. But uh, Spain, the Spain somebody they beat somebody. One of the uh, female players, Megan Rapino. Yes, that's how you say her name. She's the one who's Rapinoe. got the, the platinum blonde hair, short platinum blonde hair. She was interviewed recently, and we're gonna play a really quick clip of some things that she had to say. Excited? I'm going to the fucking White House. 
No, I'm not going to the White House. That's, okay. We're not going to be invited. You're not going to be invited? I doubt it. So the interviewer was asking her, are you excited about going to the White House? And she says, we're not going to the fucking White House. Just like super quick, barely skipped a beat. Yeah, didn't skip a beat. Yeah, and uh, she was speculating that they weren't going to be invited. So today, Donald Trump uh, commented on her comment by saying that she need he was saying that she needs to on, win first. He on the Twitter feed. He said she needs to win first before she talks. Finish the job, but and you know what's funny? Yeah, I had a joke that whoever won the championship, no matter who won, they weren't going to the White House. Right. But anyway. Well, I don't think they would have been invited. Nah. But now that she said this, I think if they do win, he's going to invite them and they're just not going to come. That is what it is. I hope they win so they don't come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I haven't been following soccer as much. I do like the game of soccer, the sport. Uh, but when I was a long-term sub at this school uh, that was up in the in Silicon Valley, there were so many girls who knew the names of all the players. Cool. On the women's soccer team, which is cool. really cool. And I think that these are good. This is uh, this Megan player, uh, Rapino, Rapino, is being a good role model for little little radical girls out there. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, just speaking her mind. Yeah. And calling it how it is. Yep. Okay. So that was sports. Sports. Yep. So we're going to talk about two subjects today. That's what we're going to focus this episode on. One is magic mushrooms, psilocybin. Yes. So uh, I guess colloquially magic mushrooms, but technically they're called psilocybin mushrooms. The, the ones that give you, that make you hallucinate. And the ones that heal you. Yes. And fight cancer and all type of different cool stuff. Right. So they're in, uh, psilocybin mushrooms are in the news right now. Yes, because of delegalization. Decriminalized. Decriminalization in Denver and Oakland. Yes. And uh, supposedly Dallas might follow suit after that. And that's pretty cool. And this is kind of a big deal because ever since weed has been decriminalized in all these different places, I actually just, just heard that. Illinois got added to uh, a state that has decriminalized weed. And so after that, it seems like this next step is decriminalizing mushrooms, Mushrooms. which is interesting. So, of course, these super progressive places are going to do it first. Denver, Oakland, Uh, probably some places will never have it decriminalized. But at least like the ball is getting rolling to to have it decriminalized in these places. Yeah. And there's been this uh, stigma um, that mushrooms are bad for you, or, you know, this, that, and the other. So we're finally getting the chance to do more research. I think the main stigma has not necessarily been that it's bad for you, but that it's like crazy people do them. Yeah, bad people do. Yeah. They're going to make you go crazy. Make you trip out. And like, it's something that non-respectable people do. Right. I think that's been the main stigma. But, you know... Shrooms have been in the in the culture for for quite some time. Many cultures. Many cultures. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. The Mayans, mm-hmm. the Aztec, all over the Americas. All of. Um, let's see. As far as back as uh, 
the the, the north in North Africa, um, there's been like uh, writings on the wall on the on the stone wall. Yeah. So the earliest record of mushroom use was from North Africa. Yeah, and that was that dates back in like. 9,000 BC. Yeah, so that was a very... That, that's the first known record they have of people using uh, mushrooms for and healing healing type properties. And there's some other similar rock painting um, 6,000 years ago in the Sylvania Sav- Peninsula. Um, like I said... And that was in Spain, And that right? was in Spain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Different cultures in Central America, uh, the Nahua, the Mazatec, Mazatec, Mishtec, Mishtec, and Zapotec. Zapotec, So those are all like uh, like Aztec, Mayan-y sort of uh, ethnic tribes. And they used them for all similar reasons um, in their rituals. Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of got introduced to it in the 1950s. We as in the Western, Western, like the the European, European, westernized uh, United States. Who was it? Uh, R. Gordon Watson, mm-hmm. um, Roger Hillman, or Helms, and uh, Albert Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are some of the guys that introduced it to to the Western society. Um, and you know, mushrooms are used in medicine uh, to to prevent uh, diseases. Uh, such as like uh, inflammation. Yeah. So so uh, as far as like non hallucinogenic mushrooms yeah. in like holistic medicine, there's the reishi, there's the shiitake, the a uh, turkey tail. Like those are some mushrooms that are used to reduce free radicals, which yeah. are I believe molecules that like can cause cancer and aging and Alzheimer's and all this different stuff. So all that stuff. Um, they. Reducing free radicals is good. And so there's mushrooms that are non-hallucinogenic mushrooms that uh, is used a lot in holistic medicine. So the the ones that make you hallucinate. Yes. Um, those are a little different. So me, from my personal experience, um, I've taken them a couple of times. And after the whole process is over a sense of gratefulness um humble uh you feel grounded very grounded very grounded um so people think oh you're gonna lose your mind and all these all this other stuff um not unless you have a uh Predisposure, a pre-existing, pre-existing anxiety, anxiety or uh, other disorders. Disorders, you shouldn't have any problem. Well, that's the thing that, that I think about with this type of stuff is, I think that your body chemistry is different than some people's. So I think I think you, I don't want to say we're we're made to do, <laughs> we're made for mushrooms, but I think that you receive it super well and a critique would be that some people who might have these like anxiety disorders or maybe have a a a family history of schizophrenia or things like that this might not be this would be something that would not be a good idea for them to do if they're uncertain of what the effects might have and also i've had bad or not great experiences with them and i think back 
at some of those times. Sometimes it's who you're with that can make a big difference. So make sure the situation this, you control your environment um, and who you're around. Make sure you do it with people you trust and people you know you, you got a good energy with. Make sure you're not, it's not somebody that you argue with or... Or gives you anxiety get, even with your so even when you're sober. Exactly. So just know that going in because stuff gets super sensitive. Right. The thing about this whole decriminalization thing is that a lot of these studies that we've been reading about where they're talking about how they would like to study how mushrooms affect people with PTSD or different things like that. A lot of places have not been able to delve too much into legal research because it has been illegal. So with this decriminalization, we'll hopefully have some more official documentation giving actual effects, like positive effects of these things. Because once doctors start to actually have studies, then they can figure out how certain dosages affect certain type of people. Yeah. And so it won't, wouldn't just be someone who may not know if they have a, a predisposition to anxiety or something, just taking it from a friend from and a having friend. a bad experience. Yeah, It'll exactly. be something that's like a more widely uh, researched thing that they can tell you exactly how you need to take it. Exactly. And the dosage and all that matters. So, you know, but just, just know what you're getting into. Right. And, and, and in the United States, you know, in the 50s, kind of during that uh, the Cold War era and Vietnam and stuff like that, everyone, they were trying to they really... T- they tied it to the hippie culture. Yes, and they were a lot of... Um, a lot of those natural drugs or hallucinogenic drugs were given a bad rap because they wanted revolutionary type people who were doing them to look like bad people. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted excuses to arrest them. They wanted excuses to make the mainstream not like them. Yeah. So, and because they weren't, the government wasn't profiting off them. The government was profiting off of these other drugs. So that was a big part too. Big time. So all of the stigma that comes along, all of the stigma that's tied to certain drugs versus other drugs is all completely uh, conspiratorial by the government, basically. Right. (laughs) I mean, what they found off topic. They found how like a hundred. 90, 900 pounds of cocaine in, uh, at one of these ports. Yeah. Some crazy amount of, yeah. But anyway, and they knew they was coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they just have a, a stigma attached to it. And erasing the stigma, I believe, is important. Because I, I believe there's more healing in those type of forms of medicine yes than that what we're using today. yes and i think that it would be interesting to see how decriminalization and how anti-stigma or uh taking away the stigma how that can affect people's perceptions of it 50 years from now and right. see how people it could change people's lives for the better it would be really cool um i think i was saying that illinois was the place that decriminal i think just decriminalized i think i also read that they were clean sweeping records of of arrests Arrest too. too good which i don't know how they're going to do that or if that means people that are already in prison or if that just means if you have it on your record be- or what that means but that would be a really huge yeah impact. just people people of people of color yeah be careful out there because you know even though the stuff is legal 
they are still catching ways to incarcerate you. So when you're driving with it, make sure you're following all the rules and et cetera, you know, so just be careful out there. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen in the future? Do you think it's this is going to spread to the rest of California? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And I hope they use it more and find, uh, you know, I think that's maybe a cure for like Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff like that. But they just... We don't have the research. We have the research. Yeah. Um, you know, taking stuff like that um, does something to your neurons, you know, in, your, in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... So let us know what your experience with mushrooms has been. It would be really cool if we could get some insight, especially if you have maybe had a bad experience. I think that would be interesting just to kind of hear what people have to say. I mean, I had my my last experience was what last weekend, to be honest, like three days, four days ago, four (laughs) days ago. um, And I did it with a friend of mine and his and his uh, girlfriend and their friend. And I had a free day. My son was at Raging Waters with his friends. Carly was drawing. <laughs> I invited her to go, but, you know, she, she she's like, I'm chilling. So you do your thing. So I had a free day. So I made a mushroom sandwich and went to. A up, mushroom sandwich. Yeah, we went up the one, had a nice drive. Um. We got there about four o'clock. Beautiful beach. It was a nice day. Oh man. Had a cave, had a nice little cave. <laughs> had a cave. Yeah, man. It was cool. I mean, I didn't chill in the cave too long, but it was it was a nice little cave. So if you got too hot, you could chill in there. Put on some music and we just chilled for the day, you know? And I watched the sun f- for like three, four hours. Yeah. This could this and just and I was and I was just immersed in the natural beauty of things. This could potentially have a big impact on people who on the the pain uh the the pill what is it not pain medicine but it's like the the pain like the pain pills that people so, are on like so, this could potentially so have a big impact on This this stuff helps people with like uh substance abuse as well. It helps with that as well. Yeah. You know it's an experience. It's not a. Uh, it's not. Tu- you're not turning up. You're not partying. You know they got liquor stores everywhere. Yeah, that was so, the, the. So so some of you people that have this stigma towards it, you know, you grab that whiskey and that that's that the vodka thing. and all act that, like it's nothing. and it's nothing when it's the worst and of you're all of them. Belligerent, you know what yeah. I'm saying? The um, worst for your body. The worst for everything. Yeah. Um, the interesting part about when we were researching psilocybin mushrooms is that they were saying how uh it's one of it's one of the only if not the only drug where there's you don't get addicted to it and you don't want more drugs when you take it it's not like a gate it's not like the whole the whole stereotype of like gateway type thing or or when you're on it you're not trying to go find more mushrooms or find more different drugs or whatever It's Um, it's about to teach you something you're about to get a lesson but I think the fact that that people not knowing about it is what makes it scary. And I think that that, that mm-hmm. this decriminalization thing will make some big changes because you're right. Like people are so quick to grab a drink because that's what's culturally OK. Yeah. And acceptable. And I think me, myself, as well as other people I know, are anxious just thinking about doing something like mushrooms. And it's because we ha- 
have it's it's got this whole different uh uh, stigma with it that does not really necessarily need to be there, but it's just because it's not something that's openly talked about as something that uh, can have these healing properties, I guess. Yeah, you know? I'm, and I'm not running out. I'm not telling you run out and just go do mushrooms, you know, but if, if you're interested about it and curious, do some research and, you know, find somebody you trust and pick a day and can, Control your environment the best you can, so I think that was you a can good, have I, a good experience. I think that those I think that's good advice. Yeah. Okay, moving on. All right, so we're gonna get into this bill called HR forty, that in January was referred to uh, to a subcommittee on the Constitution. So January is when the bill was referred, and now. Juneteenth of 2019 is when the hearing actually happened. Uh, if you don't know, Juneteenth is the anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation. So it should be a national holiday. I don't think it is. But if you don't no, know the history isn't. behind Juneteenth, you should look it up. Um, so Bill HR 40 essentially is a bill for reparations for black people, more or less. All right. So I'm going to go over what the summary of the bill actually says. So it's a little wordy, so just bear with me. This bill establishes the commission to study and develop reparation proposals for African Americans. The commission shall examine slavery and discrimination in the colonies in the United States from 1619 to present and recommend appropriate remedies. Among other requirements, the commission shall identify, one, the role of federal and state governments in supporting the institution of slavery, two, forms of discrimination in the public and private sectors against freed slaves and their descendants, and three, lingering negative effects of slavery on living African-American societies. So it's basically saying, how can we uh, give compensation for this? How can we talk about how the United States has, has benefited from this. Right. And, like, wh- wh- how, where do we, we should apologize? Like, uh, the United States has never actually given a formal apology for slavery or they anything haven't? like that. Not as far as I know. Oh, that one dude said, uh, uh, McConnell? Yes. He said uh, uh, that when we got Obama, that was that was the payback, right? Yes. Right. So when I this bill... Heard, I, briefly, yes, I briefly heard exactly. about that. So Mitch McConnell, he's oh. he's the he's the uh, he's a senator and he's the majority leader of the Republican Party. He looks like a turtle. He looks like if a uncooked biscuit <laughs> had relationship uh, had had uh, sexual relations with Droopy Dog. Um, damn, that's pretty spot on. Uh, that's what he looks like, and he sounds like it too. So uh, he didn't. I, I read some articles that said that he said we elected Obama, so we're fine. But that's not actually what he said. He basically said we elected a black president. A lot of shit has happened, and people. A lot of shit has happened since then, and people today shouldn't be held accountable for actions all, of the past. All right. So that's essentially what he said. Now there was quite a few people um, at this hearing. The house was packed with people, but there was a few main speakers. One was Tan uh, Nahasi Coates who he's the author of Between the World and Me, which is a really great book. It's really heavy. He also recently wrote a book on Barack Obama. And he said that this whole issue is a dilemma of inheritance. So by right. it, by inheritance, he means that half of our economy has either come directly or indirectly from slave labor. Right. So because of that, the our economy has inherited all of this a money from slavery. And that means that 
black people are owed some inheritance, basically, right. from all this stuff. I mean, that's why yes. they created um, the 13th Amendment. Right. It's a, oh, whoa, the fuck? All right, keep yes. going. Keep going. So, um, D- Danny Glover was also there, and he kind of put everything into um, perspective because he's the grandson, the grandson of a former, or, uh, no, was it great grand? I think it, no, maybe it was great grandson. I, it was great grandson of a former slave that he actually met. Okay. So here we see, we're seeing this man who's what is he like sixty? Even if that maybe sixty, maybe fifty. Like he's in his sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, who actually met someone who was a slave? Like this isn't something that ha- I mean, it's happened a long time ago, but it didn't happen that long ago. Yeah. And uh, so he kind of spoke about his experience with his great grandmother and how slavery impacted his family, basically. Um, and the whole time he was speaking, all these different Republican people were kind of talking down to him. They were like, I love you in this movie and you're such a great actor. And Danny Glover was like, um, excuse me, I wear many hats. I do more than just act like I do this and this and this. So I'm more I'm not just some actor. No, that's just up an here. Actor. So, mm-hmm. um, so. So, yeah, so, I had no idea this was going on. Yes. All right. All right this, oh. Um. So I've heard I've heard like little sprinkles right, of news. of of this kind of stuff this happening. This is all new to me. And um, interesting. The, hold on, but hold on. Yes. Time out. I got a question. Yes, keep going. So it was promised uh, forty acres, forty acres and a mule, right? Yes. So here is so what, repar- what, reparations is what connect- is yeah. the interest? <laughs> what is the interest on that? So here's the deal. I just want to know. Here's the deal. So reparations. The whole reason why this hearing was happening is because people were promised for quote forty acres and a mule right. during the Emancipation Proclamation. So I, when I was researching this, who was the president when that happened? Lincoln. Damn. Yes. Good old Abe. So when I was researching this. <laughs> I found some crazy stuff that I'm excited to tell you because I know this is the first time you're hearing this. Oh. So hopefully people who are listening, this may be the first time you're hearing this as well. So um, 40 Acres and a Mule was actually called, back in the day, it was called Special Order Number 15. And that happened after the Emancipation Proclamation. And it started because there was these black black fighters during the Civil War, right, uh-huh. who who had left the South to fight for the Union. All right. And so after the war was over, they were displaced. They didn't have a place to go. So Lincoln and these generals were like, okay, special order number 15, you guys have no place to go, 40 acres and a mule. And so they had a whole bunch of land that they supposedly set aside so that these specific families could have 40 acres and a mule. And there was a lot of these families. Some of them got it. Some of them didn't. Um, Mostly because it was like they were telling these people, hey, you have this, but they didn't really give them the tools of how to get get it. Uh So it was like, here, you have it. It's over there. And then imagine being this black man in the South during that time and then just going to this land. And what do you do? You start. Yeah. You know. But somebody could probably take it over yes. or whatever. You probably so, needed a notarizer or somebody to, yes. to write some legal documents. Yes. So here's the wild part, though. Um, wild? So um, some of this land uh was actually given back to the white owners. So it wasn't actually given to anybody. This land is your land. Um, This land is my land. In a lot of places, politicians, I think white and black politicians, were telling black people that they should focus on wage labor and not ownership. So they're saying you should focus on making your own money and not owning land. So don't focus on going and getting this land. Focus on making money here now. Um, they were also told by different political figures to to focus on that. And um, that's cool shit. here's 
here's also what happened. Once Andrew Jackson became the president oh, after Lincoln, oh, he shit. explicitly reversed. He explicitly reversed special order number 15. The grimy. So, so even if... How many slaves did that dude have? <laughs> oh. So he reversed it. So I don't know if that means he took land back that people had or if he just made it so this is you're not getting 40 acres and a mule. Wow. So basically this, this sort of hypothetical thing was proposed that some people were able to take advantage of because maybe they had other people working, helping them. But for the most part, it was just this... this hey, look, y'all. <laughs> Hey, if we get it, if we get that, that that'd be some cool shit. Don't blow it on rims and bullshit. Well, well, okay, so that's this is the next thing I want to talk about. Um, hold on. So hold on. put yeah. it, put it, put it, put a pin in your rims and bullshit. Hold on. Okay. Put it, put it in a family truck. Hold on. Put, put a pin. Right. Put a pin. Hold on. We're jump. You're jumping ahead. Okay. So I'm gonna throw Will's gotta stand up and, and walk it off right now. So maybe you'll hear him comment in the back while I'm saying this. So this is what I saw on CNN. I don't know if this doesn't sound like it can be true, but you tell me what you think. Alright. Today, 2019, the median household income for white families it's hundred and seventy one thousand dollars annually. And for black families it's seventeen thousand. That can't be right. That sounds too... Could that be right? Maybe maybe where we live has messed us up where we can't even imagine making that much money. What, what kind of senses are those? I have no idea. So, so, whoa, 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 that's whoa, whoa, what they whoa, said whoa. on CNN. That can't be right, though. Nah. Maybe they were talking about some different... Where did they go? Were, I, I were they in Detroit? I don't know. That's fucked up. Nah. Because shout out to my people in Detroit hanging in there. That place was like a bomb hit it. Median. Maybe I maybe I can look it up real quick. Median household income, white family. Let's see what it says. Uh, real median household income by race. So it says, okay, uh, what races are these? Eighty-one thousand is Asian. White is sixty-eight thousand. Black is forty thousand, and Hispanic is fifty thousand. Okay, this looks. I don't know where I saw those numbers. Yeah. So black, it says forty thousand, and uh. White, it says 68,000. So that's the, the, the disparity. Um, okay. But that doesn't even really... I mean, it matters, but I want to continue on with this reparations conversation. Okay. So... Um, yeah, bring, bring, bring it back to that. Yes. So just a couple uh, things that kind of related to news things that are happening today. The, the Democratic uh, uh, debates are happening right now, and they're taking two days, which is... A long time because there's like 20 candidates. But just so everybody knows. Kind of sounds kind of diluted. Just so everybody knows. Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker have indicated some level of support for reparations. Uh, Kamala Harris also said she supports reparations. And Beto O'Rourke is, quote, open to considering some form of reparations. So these are potential people. I, I'm a fan of Elizabeth Warren and Cor Cory Booker. So these are some people that uh, would be very interesting to support if you feel like the reparations should be happening. How much would, what would that be like? Well, here, here, hold on. Okay. So here's, here's Nine, 90, 90 trillion. Here's what I want to shoot 90 to you. 90 trillion dollars okay. is some crazy we don't even have the money. What so here's so here's the thing. So there's this re <laughs> Republican um, during the hearing. Cool. Oh, cool. There's this Republican, um, and I I don't want to say I agree with a Republican, 
Um, but his name is Mike Johnson, and he said it's nearly impossible. And this whole reparations thing mm. is an impossible legal question. He said the government cannot constitutionally provide compensation to a specific racial group. So now, finally, I can ask you: Do you think how would this happen? What do you think you should get? First, okay, let, let's start off. Let's start from the beginning. Let's say reparations are happening. You get to, to choose what you get. What are you choosing? Mm. Are you choosing land and a mule? Are you choosing money? Are you choosing what are you choosing? Every black person gets gets to make more money. Of course, I, so we could put it back into. Uh, I would want some land to make money off the land. Where did this land come from, though? And they, I mean, they would have to figure it out. Like, would it be here in America? You like It'd be somewhere else? Who knows? They'd have to make a deal with that country. Yeah. Because all these other countries, a lot of other countries think the United States should pay for slavery in different ways, like Africa and the Caribbean. They don't know what to, they don't know what to do. Yes. So do you think this could happen ever? Realistically? Like, how would this happen? Yeah. How would this happen? They will pull, they have to pull some records up. Free college for free, every black yeah, person. Yeah, free. That's what I was. Th- I was like, at least let me put my 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 kids through through school. You know, free, free, free tuition, free everything. They get a free ride. Yeah, or a percentage of a free free nah, something. No percentage, absolutely free. But like, then, how would it how would it work as far as like would everybody want to go to the most like everyone? Is that mean everyone? When if you apply and you get it and you get free tuition, like how would that work? Like, cause it wouldn't, guess, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have to you, be an automatic get in. Because yeah, then, you would have to meet all the requirements and all that. But then would these schools start being like, oh, this black person is applying for this school. We're going to say no because they get free tuition. Would they just be rejected? You know what I mean? Oh man, that's something they would have to work out. <laughs> okay. Some, some type of insurance. Yes. Some type of insurance. Where you, where you're, they, they would have to they, they have profit, a non-biased look yeah, at your. And they profit off of enrolling you because you have a certain type of insurance and they that's the like or they would have to just look at all the stuff not based on race look at all the applications not based on race or ethnicity which would which would actually impact other people of color who uh i guess you would have to have like you would have to give them choices yeah House, house, and some land. Or this money in cash now, this money or, ca- or <laughs> yeah, or part of your or tuition paid. Tu- yeah, yeah. yeah, college paid for for your kid. Yeah, or um, a higher wage, higher pay wage. Yeah, without any question. Yeah, like a it has to be a like a a, a big ass amount, like a ten dollar ten dollar increase. Yeah. <laughs> okay uh next next question that i have for you All right. who gets who gets reparations like as far as what if you're mixed what if you're half black what if you're a quarter black what if you're an eighth black i mean the thing is sorry. so the thing is the native the native people of this of this place they got shaft and they on reservations. So they need reparations. So, so too. Wait, wait. Is that what you're saying? So if you think we gonna get fucking reparations, 
You see what the hell they did to them. They slaughtered they 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 slaughtered those people to where I was tripping out to where I noticed when I went to like Denny's and just regular places, Target, the mall, I never saw a family of just them in the mall. It, it it's like that in places like Arizona and New yeah, Mexico but and stuff, but not not but here. That's yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, and um, that's because we push reservations to be in certain places too. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying I'm saying hypothetically though. Hypothetically, hypothetically. you want you want on a hypothetical. Uh, yes. Uh, what was the, what was the, what was the question? If you're biracial or multi like if you're an eighth black or you're a quarter black or you're half black, does that mean you get half of the option? I mean, they can go by that, but I think they have to go by some documentation. Because some people came into this, I guess they still, some way, somehow, like, their great-grandparents were slaves. Because some people were born... Well, think about our friends who are biracial, who are half black, half something else. Are they going to get half... Their, every choice that you have, are they going to get half the amount or half the worth of whatever... Was that how it would be? Was that how it because would they be? have more siblings or, or because no? Because they're half black. Oh, because they're half black. Yes, oh. that's what I'm saying. Um, shit. Because these people are out in the world as black people. We see them as they're black people. Period. But it's like because they're actually black and white. Does that mean they don't get the full reparations? What do you think? <sighs> I mean, if if your people were, if your ancestors ancestors were part of the struggle, they get the full. Get the they full, get the full yeah. amount. Okay, what if your parents are Jamaican immigrants, and you live and you live in the United States? Because Jamaica also benefit. I mean, that's slave, slavery by way of other places too. Then what do you think? You think you have to be a certain generation of Amer- of American born to get it? Yeah, like first they have to do some history. They have to do background. Yeah. Dig up the records. Yeah. And really find out. Yeah. How you you know the best you know, like I see it on uh those famous people always those ancestry ans- shows yeah. yeah. Yeah, they always get the cool hookup. Oh man, I came from this, that, and the other. Like, the common people don't get that type of. Uh, so they would need expo- to do checks on all yeah, these people like, to kind of see. Uh, that sounds expensive. Well, what what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to I'm using these hypotheticals to see to how do, this could ch- realistically really, happen. Really happen? Yeah. All right, maybe. So look, maybe they just if you if you if you know they look up your social. And all that, your social security, whatever, because mm-hmm. we're all linked mm-hmm. to that. And it, it has African American or black, whatever. Or black or whatever. African American. If you identify as African American. But you could be African American and be have Jamaican immigrant parents. Yeah. And still be African American. But what? But what they are part of. The. Everybody, that's the thing. Everybody from the Caribbean, uh, pretty much oh. any black person from the from the Caribbean, 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 yeah, from the Caribbean, is. I mean, it's all that's all slavery. They weren't there before, right? So, so I, it was slavery. It was slavery, 
by way of Europeans and Americans and stuff, but they weren't necessarily in America during slavery. So are they getting reparations too, even though because slavery was part of their background, even if they're not American? They just got wrapped up in slavery here in America or they came later? No, I'm saying if if you are Jamaican, Dominican, Haitian, slavery is a bit of part of your background, most likely. So, but like, let's say you're first generation American, like your parents are Haitian immigrants or Jamaican immigrants. You weren't, your family wasn't slaves in America. They were slaves in other places. So should they get reparations from the United States? No, they should get, they should get reparations in in where the country they from. But here's the thing. We fucked up those countries. Well, if they, well, well, fuck. We're, we're the ones who, we're the ones who made it so that they, we've taken all their resources. Look, I know where the They say that we owe them money. I know where the terrorists. Yes. All right. So, yeah, fuck it. Everybody gets paid. Shit. Realistically, though. I don't know how they're going to chop it. So, I don't think this is going to happen. Look, Honestly, look, I, I have yeah, no... Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Look what they did with the, 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 the Indians. I think it looks nice. I think it's nice to know that some of these people running, look, for, running for president have said that they would support it. But let's say Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, whoever, if they get elected president Mm -hmm. and they say these things, Mm -hmm. it's going to get shot. There's no way it's going to go through anyways. They'll they'll mention it and it'll get shot shot down. It may help them win votes going towards the presidency, but I don't see reparations happening. We talk about reparations and we still got black people getting shot in the streets unarmed. We got a long ways to go. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, let's just say for fun, for funsies, let's, let's say that this is what you think. I'll put your statement, I'll put your statement together and you say if you agree. All right. If you can prove that you, um, are, uh, American by, what would it be? It would probably be at least four or five generations for slave, from slavery. Cause slavery was not that long ago. It would probably be three or four generations American. Um, no matter if you're half or a quarter or an eighth, should we cut it off at a 16th or should we cut off at an eighth? Well, hold on. How about, <laughs> how about this? Yeah. How about you get paid the percentage of, oh. <laughs> of black you are? Like, okay. Okay. Like, I, I like that. I like that. that. I like that. And that percentage can either be in the form of, uh, money off tuition. Yeah. House. Cat, cold hard cash or property, tuition, cold hard cash, or um, your income. But it has to start off top. It has to be like at a hundred thousand, just for a percentage, just for one, like one point. Like it has to has to be a high number of money. Oh, like the equivalent. Oh yeah, yeah the equivalent of a hundred thousand. So you like one percent, you yeah. get a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. There's no way it's ever gonna happen. Off, I don't like, think it's never gonna happen. Off top, you gonna, like, it has to be a lot. Like the interest on that, nah. Because man, think of you like pay that back. Because you like you profit, you profited off of free labor. Yeah. The whole like cotton. Yeah. Sugar. Yeah. Fuck everything. Everything, yeah. and then uh, here's the thing too. Here's another thing I thought um, of. So say you like. Is this per family or is this per person? This is per person. Are you kidding me? Okay. 
this is per person. Because that's the thing that would make it crazy is it's like you have... And it, of course it would, you know... It would have to, there'd have to be a cap off. You couldn't just start, ha- you could just start it, having babies exactly. so you get all this money. It has to be a cap off to like... This ge- current generation. This current oh, that's adults or something like that. Yeah. You have to be a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, this is never going to happen, I don't think. Even if putting good energy out into the universe, I... Yeah, I hope it does. I hope it... <sighs> that should be dope to see. I think in order for this to actually it happen, is. the whole government would have to change. The whole way government is set up um, would totally have to change. Look, That's the only way that this could happen. All but I, All I know is there's less black people on welfare. Hell yeah. That's I actually... All, that's all I'm going to say. Side topic... That's all. If we, you know who's on? You know who's on the most welfare? Ooh. These polygamists who live who live in these like uh the ones who like don't even use like uh like don't read books or 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 what? you know like you know like when we watch <laughs> listen sorry <laughs> side topic you know how like we watch those documentaries about those people who live in those polygamous those polygamous communities yeah, yeah. where they're like diddling the little girls and stuff and they're like totally shut off from the world and they wear like um. Like the long dresses and they have their hair and those bonnets. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So those that population benefits. They look like they look like pilgrims. Yes, so they benefit the most from welfare. They're almost exclusively on welfare because it's part of their belief that the government is evil. So they think that it is. That ain't on point. They think, but they think that. <laughs> but listen, but they think that it's. Um, that they are oh, are doing are doing God a service by taking advantage of the government. Oh, right. So these these polygamous so these polygamous white people are the ones who are actually using welfare the most. <sighs> but what's the stereotype, right? Hey, you know. Yo, get it. Okay, so this was fun to talk about, kind of. Yeah, I was, guess it was, it was cool, cool bouncing was cool. stuff off of you for that. Yeah. Okay, reparations. Reparations, <laughs> give us us free. <laughs> Say that one more time. Give us us free. <laughs> So, thanks for listening. To the episode, yes, indeed. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I think I haven't, uh, I mean, obviously I haven't listened back to it because we're just finishing right now. But I feel like that was good. I feel happy about what we talked about. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see? Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, seriously, let us know what you think about yeah. anything we talked about. Please. Um, C-HypocritePod, C-H-Y-P-O-C-R-I-T-E. P-O-D, see Hypocrite Pod, at Gmail and all the other places. Yeah, I appreciate the feedback. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye.